Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special returning guest, JCM Burton. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you doing, Daniel? Oh, excellent. I'm always excellent when I get to talk to somebody about some writing. So I've been trying to get you back out for a while. So it was nice that we had a little gap in the schedule and could do that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, it's cool. I was going to move, move, you know, move Joe up a little bit and go there. So that's nice. So, and I was excited to see, you know, your new book release. So I actually, there's like all three are just sitting there in my Kindle, and I've just been kind of wandering around. It's been very difficult to get things read. (laughs) And I got Return of the Griffin. I still love this cover. Yeah, yeah. Shark in the background. I I yeah. yeah. Online, they're like. Oh, is that a shark? I'm like, how could you miss the shark? Like, it's freaking Yeah, weird. yeah. That was the first thing I, I saw. I never saw the shark. I'm like, what did you think that was? And then I love this cover of Blood Reunion. And the new one has a, if anything, it's a better cover, but I do not have a physical copy yet. Mm-hmm. The way Amazon works, you can't do that, right? You can't, before releasing a book, you can't really yep. order a clean physical copy. You can get one with a, a bar across it that says, yeah, not yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. So yeah, who wants that? there are no clean physical copies of the new book in existence as of today. But um, that releases what all oh, when you anyone watching this, it will be out already. It's called Shadow of Hyperion. Uh, it comes out September 12th. We're recording before that. Um, yep, yep, yep. So definitely out by yeah, this time. Yeah, like yep, December, I think. Or first week of December. Okay. Last week of November. You can like read that, Shadow yeah. of Hyperion. You can get it right now if you're watching this. And you can get partial function if you're watching this because it'll be out. It'll be out late October, early November, and I don't have a cover for that yet. Um, but that book I'm really excited about, and extra, maybe extra excited about. Um, which I, I, yeah, don't ask why I have two books coming out at the same, almost at the same time. It was a, it was, it was, it was bad planning on my part, totally my fault. Um, like I was, I, I finished one book and the draft, and then someone, I, and a slot opened up for my editor for Shadow of Hyperion. She's like, you, I'll take you early. I'm like, well, if you're gonna take me early, I got to write the book. Yeah, yeah. I usually book a slot with manager before I've written the book because that's how far in advance I've got to get her. Um, so I stopped work on one book, wrote the other book, then had to come back and get editing done on the first one. So everything got all messed up. So they're both being released mm-hmm. at almost the same time. But oh, both wow. have people punching dinosaurs. That's my theme for the year. This is the year awesome. of, of men and women punching dinosaurs in the world of JCM Burn. So, oh, uh, awesome. um, um, that the, that's apparently what I've decided to write about. I don't know one, but my new partial function is a straight fantasy. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm um, trying. Yeah, I had a lot of people sort of be like, "Well, I don't know about superhero. I don't know about science fiction. I like reading epic fantasy." I'm like, "All right, well, darn it, I'm going to write you one, and now you have no excuse." So we'll yeah, see. We shall and see. You what have punching dinosaurs. So yeah, it's awesome. People punching dinosaurs. Yeah, kung fu dinosaurs. I mean, what oh, you know? Awesome. What more do you want? So. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't like that, you're probably in the wrong podcast. <laughs> you're probably in the wrong spot. That's right, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. That I tell people that sometimes about my books. I'm like, they're like, oh, I didn't really like the humor. And I'm like, oh, you're reading the wrong book. Like, stop reading my books. Like, if yeah, you didn't yeah. like, like the way I tell jokes, that's fine. I'm not mad at you, but but go somewhere else then. Like, I hope you find yeah, something. Yeah, I'm not going to stop. I hope you like, like something. Yeah. One of my beta readers for um, Shadow of Hyperion was like, you should really take out the sarcastic quips. Because it like ruins the tone, and I'm like, dude, you are not reading the right person. Like, yeah. that's all I have. That's my shtick, right? That the sarcastic quips is like that's the way my characters talk. It, you know, you don't have to like it. You can say I don't like it. That's fine. But 
I'm not taking it out. Like that, that is my brand. You know, that's how yeah. way, honestly, I can't write any other way. If I'm not telling jokes on the page, I, I get bored and I can't write. Like I literally, I don't have the discipline to just do like flat prose. Like I just don't. So anyway, not to read long rambling right? diet it's early. <laughs> and I'm you know, it's funny because you're like the third author I've seen within two days who has two books releasing relatively within like, you know, the same amount of time for each other. So it must be like, thing lately or it must be like just how people's schedules have opened up so that's interesting i don't know yeah um it was definitely a mistake um i really wanted the the fantasy i mean i don't want to wait too long between releases of the hybrid helos i feel like you get a yeah, certain yeah. Amount of pause and then if it's two years between releases people kind of forget who you are and, and, and they're not talking about it as much i don't really know there's probably a right way to do it i don't know i mean ideally you'd release them really fast i can't but i can only write them so fast Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy novel wasn't really planned. I literally sat down one day and I got bounced from Spitbone. I was getting a few reviews of people or a few pieces of feedback from people sort of saying, you know, I'm not really interested in a superhero thing. It sounds goofy or whatever. And people are, you know, entitled to their opinion, but I felt like I really wanted to get farther in Spitbone for purely egotistical oh, reasons. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with sales, but I got bounced in the first round. I felt really bad about it. I'm not saying it wasn't deserved, but I felt really bad about it. And I was like, I really want to get, I'm going to write a book that I think will do well in Spiffbo specifically, right? It's this self-published uh, fantasy blog off. Anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's a major contest for, but for fantasy. So my book's a science fantasy. And I think it, it suffered some for the genre. Right? People were like, I like this book, but it, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot like a sci-fi, not a fantasy. So yeah. it couldn't do as well as it could have maybe. So I'm like, I'm going to write a straight fantasy. So there are no excuses. So if I lose, I won't have any excuses, but well, I couldn't get any further. That's it. I'm done. So, uh, and then I got a good idea. That's the other point. I mean, if I don't have an idea that inspires me, I can't. I also wanted a book that had a good pitch. Wistful Sending is very hard to pitch. It's very hard to come up with a sense that like makes people want to read it. That's yeah. accurate, right? Like some books pitch really well. Like, um, did you ever read Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir? Uh, no, because it's actually um, on our book club list, so it's a no-no okay. until we get to it. <laughs> this is my favorite example of a book that just sounds so good in one sense. It's also a great book. I love this book. I'm not saying yeah. it's not a great book. I really do love it. But um, it's like uh, lesbian necromancers in space. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That Everyone who hears that is like, ooh, or not everyone, but a lot of people are like, ooh, that sounds different. That sounds like yeah. something interesting. I want to read that. And this isn't like a knock. I mean, it almost sounds like it's a great book, but it also just sounds great in four words. Not all yeah. great books sound good in four words, you know? Wistful Sending really, I can't make it sound good in, in like a sentence. So I'm like, yeah. I came up with a pitch for a fantasy book. I'm like, this book is going to pitch well. I'm going to start with a good pitch. And I did. It's very pleased with myself. It'll never happen oh, again. Awesome. It'll never happen again. I'll never have a good pitch for a book ever in my life. But one, <laughs> I got one. And if people don't read it, then I guess I'm done. You know, all right. Yeah, yeah. But, I think it's hard though. Like my fantasy, my first fantasy books like that. So I've been trying to figure out a couple things. But then my Kindle Vela series, I'm like, it's a buddy, it's a buddy cop lethal weapon. It's a lethal weapon buddy cop story set in a fantasy setting, um, and with Mission Impossible type missions, uh, and like, yeah. And people are like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I did it. I did it. That's <laughs> now, a really now good I have finished writing it. That's yeah. a really good pitch, right? That's a really good pitch. Like uh, that'll 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 draw people in because it doesn't sound like, oh, I've read a dozen of those before. That's the problem mm -hmm. with so many fantasy novels, no matter how good they are. Yep. So much epic fantasy is like I've read that it sounds in a sentence like something you've yep. read a hundred times. And it's hard mm -hmm. to get past that with a reader. 
Yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean they're not original, but you know, you're encapsulating that in your sense. So I'll tell you my pitch for my, my fantasy novel. It's uh, it's it taken, you know, the film, but imagine yeah, yeah. it starred Michelle Yeoh and took place on Cradle and had oh, that's awesome, right? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, 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 right, right. A lot of people have given me that reaction, which is really interesting. Yeah. It's the same people who are like. I don't want to read a superhero book, but they, they may have read Wistful Sunny because they've gotten a lot of like, seen a lot of reviews or other people said, you should really mm. read this. I heard it was really funny. So I finally read it. But I get a, so many people are like, this is the kind of thing I would normally pick up. I, I, I can't mm. tell if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I would have many, many nickels. I, you know, it'd be a lot. Um, but uh, uh, but but I tell them this other pitch, right, for the fantasy book. And they're like, oh, that sounds like, give me an arc. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, so uh, and hopefully the book's good. Uh, it's not for me to say. I think you know. I I I was pleased with it. I thought it came together really well. It's also standalone. You know. I think at oh, this cool. point I'm in a four book series. Right? I feel like you know some people are intimidated by that. Um, you don't have to read all four. You can just read one. But but still, it feels like a, like an endeavor. Um, yeah. So I'm learning so the fantasy is a standalone. It's really done. Like you read the end and you're like maybe I'll write another book with the characters in the setting, but it's not. It's not a series that way, you know? So uh, hopefully people like it and uh, hopefully I can get in. The other part is getting it into, I want to get it into Spiffbo, Spiffbo 10, or as I like to call it, Spiffbox. Oh, um, nice. Everybody <laughs> uses that term. I'm trying to get that to stick. Um, yeah. But I'm afraid that I you need to do like some computer wizardry to get in next year because this year the, the 300 slots filled in like 46 minutes, I think. It's like the San Diego Comic Con on Big Bang, yeah. where they're like, they're all trying yeah, to get the quick tickets and refresh at the same time. as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like getting a, it's like getting yeah, tickets totally. to uh, to a concert now, and I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. gonna be like 41 seconds next year, and I'm gonna be like, you know, my clock's gonna be off by minute. I'm gonna miss the window, or uh, my internet's gonna freeze. You know, this gonna be, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Thirty more seconds, all I need. So. I guess we'll I interviewed someone last year and they um to get into this current one and they that's what they did though. Like they they're like, Oh sorry, I have to blah blah and I was like, Oh, it's fine. I was like, you know, I have my son, I was like, you know, we can do whatever. So then they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. They're like, I had to drive to my parents' house because you know, my internet was being weird and I was trying to enter. And so I actually interviewed them at their parents' house. Um, so it was really funny. They're like, Oh, my surroundings might look kind of different. And I was like, Yeah, it's fine. And I was like, whatever, you know. I'm like, I usually have to go when we were traveling last couple of years at you know, I just interview people wherever. So, but it was really funny because they, they were so worried about their internet. And I was like, no, I get it. You know, I was like, you gotta, you gotta have it working so you can get in. So yeah, it's funny. Cause I, I always wonder if like, you know, Mark ever thought it would get to, you know, like this point, you know, where like, <laughs> like, like San Diego Comic-Con, you know, like level of clicks and things like that. But I, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if, the, if, I mean, people have discussed like if there's a more fair way to handle it. I, I can't, I can't think of one, right? Like I can't either. Yeah. There, you know, that's the problem with these contests, you know, like there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy around different elements of the different like Spitbo and, and, and Spacefic. Um, but then it's like then you start thinking, well, these are volunteers. They're not they're not making you know, people are people aren't getting paid tens of thousands of dollars to run this. Like, well, it would be more fair if every judge read every book. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's like physically impossible. It really, it really is, especially the time that they're given. Yeah, yeah 300. But, you know, just in a year reading 300 books, is that's yeah. not possible. You know, mm -hmm. or you could do some kind of pre-screening to like only 30 books get in, but how would you do that? Like, I feel like you'd be missing the spirit of the competition if it was like only 30 books people knew about. Yeah, but the whole yeah. point is, it's indie. It's you're getting people who aren't clued into the indie community, don't know how to 
pitch it to booktubers, don't know how to generate buzz. Because beginning authors usually don't. So like, how would you get them into the contest? Like, I don't yeah. know. You, know, you wouldn't want to just pick pick 30 books we've all heard of and put those in. That yeah, I love it because I can just, people, you know, do the list on Twitter and like right. Twitter, I I don't, like I I was just complaining to somebody, well, I was, so I'm teaching in a, like a tech, um, a tech focused school now for social studies. <laughs> I'm teaching like some business classes and different things and economics and so it's really fun, but like, I'm, you know, we're really looking at that side. So the kids are really interested that I do this podcast. So we were looking at the analytics for different things. And I was showing them the analytics of the YouTube, my podcast, you know, on different sites. And, you know, I, but I was explaining to them, I was like, you know, I was like, you really got to think about, you know, I was like, I, you know, I was like, it's hard for me. I said, I like every single book thing that pops up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram threads, whatever, TikTok. And I share them constantly and I follow so many different pages, even if I don't know the author, like the author, whatever, if it's fantasy or sci-fi or horror, I just like the like pages because it doesn't cost me anything, it helps somebody out. And I want the algorithm to center towards me. And I'm like, Facebook does a great job, but I'm like, Twitter, like it takes me forever now to find new authors. So when the contest comes out, I love it because all of a sudden you get like 30, 40, 50 authors on one list. And I'm just like, okay, have I followed this person yet? And I, I mean, I, every time I get like 40, 50, 60, you know, new authors, even if they don't, you know, make it, they're, you know, the hashtag itself, I look for the hashtag and then my Twitter community grows. So then I have this huge pool of authors to not only add to Kindle or wishlist, you know, but also, you know, my possible interview list. And it's crazy that I still have to do that on Twitter, you know, and threads and Instagram and TikTok because I do it all the time, but the analytics only go so far. So when I tell people, I'm like, I told the kids, I'm like, it's really hard to be seen, you know? And they're like, what do you mean? So I was talking about the podcast. I said, you know, I'm practicing for being an author for the same thing. I said, but you know, I'm trying to get other people out there, not even myself. And I was like, it's really hard. I said, because you're literally going uphill towards those algorithms. And I think that the contest really helps personally. I saw your book everywhere. Like I saw Wistful Ascending everywhere. That the and that people were I sharing got, book too. I mean. That all started with, that absolutely started with Spitball and Twitter. Yeah, totally. Like, I've seen it all book, the time. My book had been out for two years, right? When that when that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. But it was last year I entered Spitball. I mean, that was my plan. I was going to enter during the year where I had book three coming out. That was my plan. Hmm. That way, by the I figured if there was any buzz to be had by the time it happened, I'd have three books, and that was oh, totally. that was deliberate, right? So, but but yeah. then from that hashtag, I got some uh, reviewers looking for things to read and looking for things to put on their channels. Uh, say, you know, would you like my book? And then so once I, I did two things, right? I got I entered Spiffbo, and then I started messaging people. And anyway, so anytime someone is like, um, I got a lot of traction doing stupid stuff like. Uh, and so I'd be like, what should I read next? And I'd be like, why don't you read my book? You know, and like I give them a little pitch or I give them, I'd offer them a free copy or the free audio book or something. And that made a lot of difference. Audiobook oh, made nice. a lot of difference in oh, getting, getting traction. A lot of um <clears throat> a lot of reviewers do a lot of audio. People who read yeah, a lot they of have books, to. They have yeah. to. And a lot of people, because there are fewer books on audio, right? And then a lot of people will have a TBR and they'll have an audio TBR that's much, much shorter. So like um like um Rob, you know Rob J Hayes right the author yeah oh yeah yeah I'm so 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 he he he's got an enormous he's got a ton of friends there and he's got an enormous TBR books he wants to read books he has to read for his friends yep right if you, he doesn't know me from that and I send him a book you know he might say I'd like to try to get to it but I don't really know when maybe it'll be a year that's fine it's very yeah, reasonable yeah. right but one day he was like I need an audio book anyone had I'm like I'll give you one for free right now Rob and I was really fast on Twitter and he's like whatever. 
and he read it and then he gave me a pitch right he, you know not a pitch but um uh he gave me a review and he's yeah, told his friends about it, yeah. right? he'll, he'll he'll retweet it because he liked it and um that only happened because of audio because i was quick on the twitter trigger and i said man do you want my second book it's not an audio and he's like you can you know like very legitimately he's like i have a huge list of things to read with my eyes like i don't know yeah. when that's happened um, he writes a think, lot too yeah, he writes a lot of books. He writes a lot. He's a busy guy. Man. Again, I hope yeah. no one takes this as me criticizing. Absolutely, he's a lovely human being. But um, it's that audio book. This is hard when he had that much to do. Yep. And oh, then right. I met Dirk Ashton last weekend. And I'm like, I know Rob J. Hayes. He's read my book. And Dirk is like, oh, yeah. And so like now these people kind of know me. It's kind of cool. Like uh, it's like street. It's like I have this like, like street cred in this like very little community of 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 indie of india dirk ashton's like one of the loveliest human beings i've ever met he oh was, dirk's awesome i love dirk. Like, yeah i was we were at dragon con uh 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 uh, uh and i hung out with dirk a lot because i basically went to dragon con and spent five days at the bar almost entirely like i hardly <laughs> went to anything at dragon con except the bar but um anyway that's a long story but yeah but yeah the spitfo is a huge in and then and then working twitter um uh got me a lot uh, very far and then a lot of and then uh, and then i got really lucky where some booktubers like the book and then once some popular booktubers like the book and they and they you know put out a video they, they all watch each other's video not all but many booktubers watch other booktubers right there it's a community yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not a bunch of people talking about the books they read independently it's yeah, a community yeah. they're always doing like shared streams they're watching each other's videos i mean this is a very community so like once a couple people have you know, say, oh, this was really good. You should try this. And you keep coming up and like end of the year. Oh, and that's really how, that's the only way I've gotten, I've got a lot of lucky traction. In so it's been really nice. It's been really nice. And then I can tell people like, you know, like, because you tell someone who's not in the community, like, oh, I'm a self-published author. And they don't really know what that means because literally anyone can be a self-published author, right? Yeah, yeah. They think you're a vanity you, press is what they do. Yeah. You could wake up tomorrow with nothing. And by tomorrow night, I could have a book of yours on Amazon. Right, yeah, cover yeah, and yeah. all. It would be crap, but we could do it. I don't mean yeah, you. Totally. I mean any person, right? I mean you could no, yeah, yeah, not a, not have a manuscript. We could write something up and put it on Amazon in a day, right? Yeah. It would suck, but we could do it. Um, so you tell your friends that and I'm like, like, look, I know you think this is nothing, but like, yeah, put my put my put, put the title into YouTube and see what comes up. It's like it's kind of interesting. So that's my yeah, little yeah. little egotistical moment. I'm like, it's not nothing. So, I don't know. Anyway. But spitballs are a really good thing, and uh, and the, but the, you've got to milk it. You've got to work the community. I I know authors where I feel I don't want to name names, but I feel like they're authors who I've seen like YouTube videos talking about how good their books are, but they don't comment. They're not sharing it on Twitter like the video. Like if a video calls you out, says this is a really good one of the best books of last year. Like you should eventually know about it, and you should be like retweeting that, and you should be present, and you should tell that. Make sure the reviewer knows you appreciate. Like some people, I guess some people are uncomfortable doing that. People don't want to spend the time. I understand. Well, Kevin, like, um, Kevin J. Anderson actually. Um, oh my gosh, I'm, I've just watched so many podcasts now. But um, yeah, he was on. It was an older podcast, but like you know, so with his like independent um, press and everything, like he was talking about how there was an. And I talk to people about this all the time. So, like I, I have a podcast, right? Like I'm on every app you know i'm always doing stuff you know um 
And you take somebody like me, like, let's just say, right, Kindle Bella series comes out and does okay. And then I go and, you know, have a couple of books and, you know, they do pretty decent. And then one does a little bit better. So, but, you know, say you're at four, I say I'm at four. And then he had somebody who, um, you know, they were thinking about bringing on to their company and amazing author, like 30, 35 books. They're all, you know, really great, did really well, a lot of traction, but that author, trying to make sure I don't say names or pronouns, that author literally came out and said multiple times on, you know, on social media, I don't want to do anything other than write and have someone else sell my books. Well, the issue with that is, is that, you know, Kevin's like in the interview, he says, the issue with that is, is even if, you know, you're traditionally published now, you have to do your own work on social media and everything, including whatever the company does. So, you know, they did end up signing that person and they signed somebody like myself instead, because they're like, oh, He's going to keep going with the podcast. You know, he's got three seasons. I'm already booked up for season four. I'm going to have to do something with like extra episodes or bonus content or something, which is a great problem to have. But, you know, and then when you start to go into writing, you know, it's like, even if my books don't sell as much as theirs, they just want someone who's going to do the work and the traction. And I think that was one of the best indie interviews I've ever heard. I was like, dang. Like Stephen King never has to do another interview. Yep. Right. Any book he writes... For the rest, he can live 50 more years. Every book he writes is going to sell a, a, a billion copies, right? His Honestly, Twitter profile, his Twitter profile says, "You know who I am." Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. That's author, great. You know who I it's am. True, yeah, it's but amazing. it's totally true, right? Like Brandon totally Sanderson, true. as much as marketing as he does, he he could stop tomorrow. He could yep. tomorrow go into seclusion and say, "I'm going to keep writing. I never want to be on a, on on an interview. I never want to go to a con. I never want to talk to a fan." I'm just going to write books. You guys do what you need to do. He'd be fine. He would sell a million copies of what well, I don't know the number, but a lot of copies of every book for the rest of his life because he's got yeah, a fan totally. base. But unless you're one of those guys, right? Unless you're one of those guys, what's really interesting is go to some people who are traditionally published, check out their Amazon pages, count their ratings. Yeah. You know, you, you know at first blush, you would think they're all doing great. Not true, right? Not not necessarily true. Like the counting ratings on Amazon is a, is a really nice, like, uh, uh, really rough estimate of how well a book is doing because it's like super quick. You go and you look, you know. But if someone has like a like if someone has like ten times more ratings than another person, they're selling more books, right? And they're they're doing better. Like that's just that's just the way it is, right? It may not be ten times as many, but it's 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 something. So so look around and you know you can see what matters. If you're another indie author and you're not sure, like, oh, this person won a contest, did that really make a difference? Did that in itself make all the difference? Go to the book, count the ratings. Are they doing real well? Or are they not doing okay? And you can see what the actual impact of stuff. That's my little trick. It's my hack. Give me one sec, Joe. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to yep. this no, no, real go. quick.
Sorry about that. No worries. We're at that uh eight month stage, so the separation anxiety is like really getting in now. Uh I've been there. <laughs> and let me just pause that. Just gonna reset my uh stopwatch timer for us and then get the time. Luckily I can edit this today and not have to worry about it. <laughs> All right. That was like perfect timing too. <laughs> I thought I heard him go and I was like. Oh. All right. So we'll go there with that second question uh, for our audience. So I, I actually, I think I missed, I think I messed up the number there because this is your fourth book in the series, right? My fourth book is coming out Tuesday. Yeah. So fourth book. So, um, so we're going to talk about that. For some reason, I put okay. third. I must have been from a different author. I must have like copy and pasted these. And no, my third book is it. Blood Reunion. That's what you put in the question. That's that's the last one that came out. That came out last Halloween. Oh, okay. oh, oh, okay. I see. Okay, yeah, because we were talking about what, what. Okay, so, but for some reason, your your next book though is not there. So, must have must have cut it off because I was on my phone. I'm sending them to you. I must have cut it off or something. So, if we want, we'll go from there, and then if you want to talk about your next book as well, that would be a good spot to do it. Then, whichever works. You ask the questions. I just answer them. That's <laughs> it. All right, and we're going to start right from there. So, 834. Write that down for me. All right, and we'll start back up here in three, two, one. So, what is your third book, Blood Reunion, about, and how did you come up with this idea? Okay, so Blood Reunion is about, um, I like to make every book have like a, a, a thing that you can easily remember if you're thinking back on the series. So Blood Reunion has vampires. Awesome. There are vampires in book two, but mostly book two is about giant sharks, which sounds crazy. And it's it's not played for laughs. People are like, oh, so it's like goofy sharks? I'm like, no, it's not. Dead serious giant sharks. Okay, whatever. People, uh, it's kind of funny. I guess. Blood uh, three is vampires. So we see vampire, a couple different kinds of vampires. We see more about Roland's past. Um, because that's what I was doing every book. I was trying to introduce a little deeper understanding. Because in the first book, I'm not, it's not you know, a typical superhero. You think of like uh, like Spider-Man, right? You started with a kid in high school. You get his origin story. You get like, he gets his powers. And it goes from there. I didn't do that. You know, we start off. He's had it. He's been through the hero's journey. He's gotten his powers. Learned how to use them. Fought in wars for 10 years. It's done, right? That's what happened before the beginning of book one. So every book, you get a little bit of... Um, not like flashbacks, but just like a sense of more of like what are the th forces that shaped him when he was younger. So you get more of that in book three. Book three is a return to space. Um, so it doesn't, it takes place entirely um, in, on, on, in space on a couple different space stations. And it gives you a lot more insight into the, uh, the sort of deep background of the world. So, like, you know, what happened 40,000 years ago, 50,000, how did we get to this because in the first book, you got the stable situation. You've got the the Eldrapa controlling, basically control the galaxy. It's the evil, eh, pseudo evil empire running everything, and that, it's a very stable sort of situation. It's been like that for a long time. 
this is like, well, what happened before that? Where'd they come from? And you get some insights into that. <clears throat> um, it's, it's hard to explain what happens too much without spoiling things. Like a lot of it is yeah, the yeah. reveals, right? I'm all about the, you don't really know what's happening until the end of the book. Um, um, you know, you, you, I like to like open a lot of questions and answer them kind of slowly. And it's, it's a particular thing. People have responded really well to Blood Reunion. People who have read it mostly say it's their favorite book, um, which is kind of nice. Um, I, it should be. I mean, I should know what I'm doing better than what I knew when I wrote the first two, you know, where I yeah, didn't yeah. know what I was doing, right? It's a whole yeah, yeah. Uh, It should be better. Um, but yeah, vampires, where did I get the idea from? I get ideas from so many different places, I can't even tell you. Um, I don't even remember. Um, you know, you, you get to a point in the series where you're like, I, there's so many things I need to do with each book. I'm trying to progress yeah. the overall storyline. Yep. I already knew like the deep background I had and I got an you know, I get, I get, I add, I fill in details as time goes on. I get, oh, this, this would work here, this would work here. But, you know, um, I, I had a rough idea of the overall, like who the, who the big bad is, what the overall arc of the series is. So every book just has to progress you along that line a certain amount. So, and but it also has to be a book on its own. So it's this tricky combination of things. You got to pull it all together. Um, yeah. But vampires are vampires. You know, like vampires are my favorite bad guys because. It's the most primitive evil. They want to eat you. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing more basic than that. Like anyone who wants to like take over the world, you're like, well, why are you taking over? It's hard not to get cartoonish, right? Yeah, yeah. It's hard not to be like, well, they're trying to take over the world to make it better. Like they get it's conflicted. But like there's to a person, nothing is more evil than this other thing wants to eat you. That is fundamentally incompatible. Like you can think they're sexy, but but really they're they're you're their food, right? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so like I like I like vampires as like a the big bad or a big bad, you know, um, because it's simple. Like, you know, you, you have to stop them from eating you, right? There's no in the end, in a way, there's no quandary there. It's like, well, maybe we should let them win. No, because if they win, you're eating, you're food, you're dead, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you no, know? and it's not like it so, so I don't know. And it's also I also like it because it's not, it's sort of distant from the real world problem. Oh, totally. Right, like, like you know, like uh, people are like, if you get a political enemy, you're gonna find people who are like, well, you know, I kind of agree with their politics, right? Of the, of the bad guy, and then and <laughs> like then you, have know. <laughs> then you have a problem, right? But with, yeah. with with the vampires, it's not like, well, my granddad also wants to eat people, and I think that's okay, right? You know, you're not gonna have an argument over the Thanksgiving dinner table over whether the exactly. whether they're really bad. You know, is it really so bad to want to eat all the humans? we're all on board with that 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 that's bad we're, we're not we're not yeah, good yeah. so um for a lot of reasons and then um and then i and then and then i got inspired by so you can't tell from the clearly but he is sitting so I, a lot of the, the the action takes place in an, an arena on the space station just by it just happens to be where a lot of fights cool. happen it's not an actual like sport book but it, it's just that's where things happen and that's a sumo, a sumo ring. I'm a huge fan of sumo. It's actually a tournament starting today while we're recording this. Oh, so cool. I'm going to have to watch the first day's uh, uh, matches when we get off this call. And uh, I wanted to put a sumo ring in there, even though it's not called that by name. It, if you read it very carefully, it's an Easter egg. You will see that it is, in fact, a sumo ring, um, a doyo. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I got the ideas from so many places, you know. I'm an old man. I've been reading a lot. Of, I've read a lot of fantasy and comic books for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So I take ideas from a lot of places. And sometimes I forget where they're from. 
You know, oh, so yeah, yeah. then someone will be like, oh, remember like this this comic? I'm like, I took a lot of stuff from there. I forgot about that comic, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. so that's my that's my short and long answer to the question. Is there a problem? I read so many indie comics or like Valiant or just like not like mainstream comics. And I love the the more unique the story or the art, you know, and especially the combo and the like the like I love love Birthright. Um that's a really great like graphic novel series. But like um, yeah, there's just so many. Like I've had people ask me, I'm like, I don't know anymore. I'm like, I think I have one idea that's for instance, you know, it's like popcorn. And I was like, I, I don't know where the original seed came from half the time, but I think that's what makes a good idea, right? Is that it wasn't just from here, you know, it was from maybe three or four or maybe 10, you know, whatever, you know, different things. So I think that's personal makes a good idea and a good story, I think. But yeah, yeah. I had an idea the other day that popped up and I can't tell you where it came. I think my son and I were like, um, I'm, the, I'm debating if it's going to be like my typical like grim dark or typical fantasy or if I'm going to go epic fantasy with it. But like we were just sitting out there. I, he was teething, it's two in the morning. I'm looking at the moon and and then I like was thinking of some other thing that someone did. And all of a sudden this idea came to me with like the moon. And I was like, oh man, I was like, so the next day I sat there and I just like typed yeah. like crazy. And yeah, it was really good. But I remember that, but I don't remember where the original idea came from. But yeah, that's really funny. Uh, so I just was curious what your uh, progression approach is with Rohan, you know, because, you know, you have these different books and you know, you've talked, and I know I've seen a lot of reviews that, you know, really like the progression, how you give the background for his story. Uh, but I was just curious, you know, like, and you said, you know, like Spider-Man, you start at the beginning, right? Um, so it's a different type of progression. So I was curious, you know, in terms of maybe his powers or his background, how you have changed writing his progression from book to book. So it's not, a, it's okay, it's just, just so people aren't confused and like read it it's not a progression fantasy the way people mean progression fantasy where like yeah, 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 yeah. like they power up a lot in each book i i like those i've read those i love cradle like i but that's not what i'm doing he, yeah. he will power up over the series he has been but it's much slower like it's 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 incremental i just i don't know how to handle that in a global scale where people can like people can become 10 times stronger in a year then i don't know how to make the whole world work so yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't do that it's much more like um it's much more like a, like a comic book like a traditional like invincible invincible he, he learns how to fight he gets stronger over years but it's a very slow kind of thing um the the person the, the the character development is more what happens is i try to make him make you know he can't you can't have him perfect he's got to make mistakes he's got to be believable mistakes um, I like to say that I, I steal from mistakes actual people make, right? Like uh, when you're trying to do better, you're, you, people make actual, I can just look around. It's like, you know, like uh, learning how to say, second book is learning how to apologize for things, uh, which is hard. People have a hard time apologizing and doing it right. Um, yeah, yeah. So so trying to make a different set of mistakes in every book. And then, and then I know <laughs> I want his worldview to change over time so the beginning of book one mm -hmm. he has Rowan. he was a soldier for this army for the empire he has at a great cost one he's won himself free they said you can leave you can you can go and he's like tucked himself away on this out of the way place and he's like living a simple life and that's all he wants and that's all he wants right so he's gotten away from the empire and he wants to chill and then he gets, he has friends, he has found family. He wants to keep them safe. By book three, that's what's happening. He's got to, 
do stuff to keep his friends safe because his friend, mm-hmm. people are at risk. It's a dangerous world, not through any fault of his own, but that's what it is. So he's got to shift from, I want to be, I don't want to be in this world of warfare anymore. Then he's got to say like, how much is he willing to do to protect the things that are important? And then he's going somewhere slightly different over time. And I know where that is. So it's easier when you know where you're going. Like I know how the yeah. series is, you know? So all I have to do is I have to get you there in believable and small and small steps. And when you know where you're going and you take small steps in that direction, readers will, even if they don't know where the end point is, they see the small steps and they're meaningful to the reader. It's like, okay, things are, things are cooking. Things are changing somewhat, right? But subtly. Um, how do you, how do you pull it off? I don't know. You know, you, you've got, you, you know, you, you have these moral quandaries and he's got his friends who are telling him to do things and uh, you've got to just make sure the arguments work. You know, like, like what, what, what is he saying? Like in book two, in a way, it was an overreaction to book one. So in book two, in a way, he's like really wants to go and do something to save the earth because he thinks it'll win him absolution from the people he pissed off when he was lit, when he was there. <laughs> and he kind of finds out that it's not that simple because it isn't. It's like, oh, good. There's a war. Earth's in danger. I can save them and they will love me for it. And it doesn't happen um, yeah. because, you know, you can go to people's rescue, but they don't always forgive all the, the crappy things you've done. So, yeah, um, a lot of it's luck. You know, sometimes you'll do something and like it'll work on two levels and you only really plan one and you realize oh, it works yeah, on another yeah. level. And I that I depend on that a lot. <laughs> you know, it's not all planned. Sometimes I'll write, I'll write, I'll write a plot. And I'm like, oh, this, this actually like solves two problems or three problems. You know, yeah. and I only really meant for one, but the other two came along for the ride. So that that, yeah. that that's one of the joys of being a writer though. Is when you, you yeah. come up with a solution that works on multiple levels. So, um, and then and then and then a lot of it, yeah. So, so people are noticing the, the 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 subtle changes again. The changes there because I know where I'm going with it, and I, yeah. I highly recommend. You know, if you're going to write a long series, you really need to have a a rough idea of where you're taking it. Does yeah, you don't yeah, need, yeah. And you probably don't want to write out all the details. Like I don't, I can't imagine like strictly outlining twenty books and then writing twenty books. Yeah, because yeah, I think yeah. you'd be bored, and, and and you have to think if you're going to write twenty books, it's going to take you years or whatever. You're going to come up with some better ideas along the way. You don't want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. want to start with an outline and then be like, oh, you know, I had this better idea, but it doesn't fit. So, oh well, I can't have another new idea for the next ten years, right? That's not going to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. So I have a rough idea of where I want to go, and um. I don't know when I came up with it. It changes too. Like I know where I want it to end, but it's very possible that in the next five years, I'll come up with a better way to end it. You know? Yeah. 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 But, but I yeah. still have a general idea of the arc of, of the, the personality growth for this character. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. Yeah. And you gotta, you know, you, it's, it's hard. You're writing an overpowered character. It's easy to make your overpowered character. If he does too much to seem like a bully. And that's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If he can, because if he's in a room with a bunch of people, he can almost always beat up everyone in the room. Right. And so, how do you make a character like that sympathetic and you want to root for him? Because if he's just always beating up everyone in the room who disagrees with him, like, yeah, he's just a bully. And that's not, that's a bad guy. Like, that's a fine bad guy, but that's not what I'm writing. So, all these things work together in a very sort of complex way. I actually just hired a developmental editor. I hired Sarah Shorn to like read all my books. And help me with the big picture, 
because yeah, I don't, yeah. I've never had that. I don't have anyone to, where I bounce off the big picture. I don't have any mm. friends who are like, oh, this is what's going to happen over the next 10 books. I don't have anybody. So Sarah's going to be my, uh, poor Sarah. She's going to hear all the all the crappy, half-baked ideas. I'm going to dump them on her. But uh, she's <laughs> reading the, so she's reading the first four now. She worked on partial function for me in my fantasy. So oh, I really cool. liked what she did there. And I was like, I, I, I need a developmental editor, I think, on a very big, because I have a line editor for my for the hybrid helix. She's really mm. good with like the dialogues, the echoes, the sentence yeah. structure. She's fantastic. But she doesn't look at the story as a whole. That's not that's not her job, right? I didn't hire her for that. She doesn't advertise herself as doing that. That's the, you know, that's not so I hired Sarah Chorn to just be the dev editor. Um and uh, I'm really looking forward to her helping keep me on track with that big picture stuff. You don't need a, another person, but I think, you know, I suspect it helps. Because there's some stuff yeah, you yeah. want to change. You don't want to go too, you know, you don't want to make too big a change in one book with the person's personality. So then it doesn't ring true. So I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. Very rambling. No, it does. I, I think it's hard too. Like I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't want to just write 10 episodes or what? Because at first I was like, I just want to do Kindle. I want to do like 50 episodes ahead. Yeah, so that yeah. way I can go, you know, into the spring yeah. and stuff. And um but i'm like it's you know it's kind of hard to writing it like kind of like a tv show um you know and i'm ready as seasons every 10 episodes like its own season and then one just goes into the next and i you know i have a big bad and this and that and you know i'm like well you don't want to just like do that the first 10 episodes you know so i have like this progression and i actually got all the way outlined pretty much like basically to season six so like basically like 60 episodes um but you know i want there to be you know, I'm going to like every five seasons, essentially like 50 episodes, I'm going to do like an anthology once the rights shift back. I think it's like a year and a half or something. I'm writing in a world that's not my own fantasy world that I'm like doing a lot of stuff for. It's almost like its own thing, um, which is kind of nice because I get to just have fun and do sword and sorcery stuff and D&D stuff. But yeah, but it's hard, though, you know, because you have to like, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to make really cool things happen and developmentally think, you know, what will, you know, turn the key. Uh, you know, for the next episode, like what's going to make people want to be like, oh, I got to go read this right now, you know, like this next chapter or episode. So I'm trying to keep people there. So and I think that's, you know, very much what I've talked to you know, my friends who do television, you know, say the same thing. But, you know, it's also like I, another thing you said, which I really like, which is what I'm thinking is like, um, and it's weird because like I'm doing almost like a progression fantasy for my two characters, I'm taking them kind of like one of them, I would say, like is around level like two, I would say, like Shadow Walker. And then the other one's like a level one, like War Priest. So I actually came up with I did a lot of D&D research and I um, just like game Pathfinder and stuff. And I actually came up with their own classes and like skills and things. So I'm like, well, it's nice to get new, you know, progression stuff along the way. But the thing that's interesting is that I found is that. It really doesn't matter, though, because those things will be cool and it'll be neat for the people I'm targeting. But the overall thing is going to be a progression of the story. And I think it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think everybody thinks that, you know, even with progression and fantasy, you know, like it's great that, you know, like um, I don't know why I'm blanking on Will's main character. I love those books. I'm on like book seven right now. Um, but anyways, so the main character, right? Like, um, you know, so he's going, he's doing really cool things, but none of those powers would really you know matter in the long run if the story hadn't progressed so to me i had gotten really great um advice um from a couple of progression fantasy authors and writers and they're like you really want to progress the story they're like nobody really cares the powers are cool and stuff they're like but nobody really cares unless you're you know your story's progressing and unless that power or skill or whatever helps you know with the story and i was like 
I was thinking of a couple times, you know, in movies or TV shows or something, you know, where that's the case. I'm like, okay, yeah. And I think that's where like a TV show like Smallville, you know, like Clark might get, uh, he might use a power in a different way or learn it or whatever. But it's like, I think they did such a good job because he could beat up everybody in the room usually, you know, um, unless they had kryptonite, which that's like Smallville's whole thing, you know, is making him more of a human-like character. Um, but, you know, the writing was because of it. Yeah. Superman, they try to give him kryptonite, and then they give him, like, friends as vulnerabilities. Yeah. Part of the reason many people don't like Superman is, like, that those get tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also much you can do, yeah, that way. But, yeah. 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 But it's interesting, I think, because, the again, you know, like, you take, um, like, you know, uh, Dean Cain's, you know, Superman, Lois, and Superman. And I love that show. And I, I, I got to be honest, like, I don't remember many times where he dressed up like Superman and beat up the bad guy or did the thing to me the thing that made it so interesting was the human problems he had and somebody mentioned this i think brandon sanderson brandon sanderson in his online lectures mentions this and says you know that show was great because of you know they the human aspect not even the superhero side um so i always think it's interesting but again i think again it's not that like we can't relate to the fact that he has superpowers right but or your character that way, but we can definitely relate to those, you know, problems of PTSD or trauma or found family <laughs> or trying to defend family, you know, and I think that's really what a lot of people miss out of the superhero genre is like they miss the connections. They're just there for the the power of the costume and they forget that those people are people. But. Yeah, I get a lot of mileage out of him trying to get a date or find the, <laughs> the right or a good cup of coffee. He spends yeah, a lot yeah. of energy on that. And those are those are those are aggravations people can relate to. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I yeah, spent a lot of time on that. Um, yeah, yeah, with Cradle, it's really interesting. I, I, I would love to be able to like trap Will White in an elevator and and ask him. Here's what fascinates me about Cradle is that that dual storyline. How you're yep. getting um, what's his name yes. on Cradle. Meanwhile, you're getting dribbles of this uh, much more uh, high level storyline happening with. I forget the name of the, the the character who gives him like the the gemstone and yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you know the, the people who can wipe out entire universes with a slash of their sword yeah, um, yeah and then he's like fighting like monsters on like in like this ditch you know and and that parallel those parallel stories are giving you this hint of where you're going right from the start you know you're ending up somehow connecting back to that bigger picture so it yeah. gives you this feeling of like um, narrative direction you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right from the start. I really enjoyed Cradle. I finished it. Uh, I, I read book 12. Uh, I, I, I quite liked it. Um, oh. You know, it, one day I'll write a progression fantasy, I feel. Maybe. I have an idea yeah, for yeah. one, but who has time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Rob, hey, Rob's is cool. I started to read that one right before my son was born, and then I got detracted. I have to go, actually, I keep forgetting I have to go back to it. Um, but yeah, like I I don't know. Oh, it's Lyndon. That's his name, Lyndon. Um, yeah, like I like how you get Lyndon's story and you, you're down here so that you can connect with that. But then yeah, you also see the rising stars, you see just how far the progression fantasy goes. And I think that was just brilliant. Because at first I was reading, I'm like, okay, I like this. And then as soon as that part happened where you realize that, oh my god, you realize the entire breadth and spectrum of this, it was really cool. Um yeah, yeah it was um, I have mixed feelings about it. I would love to be able to do an experiment where you could take all that stuff out. And have a bunch of people read the version of Cradle where you just see it from Lyndon's point of view. Yeah, and a yeah. second version where they could read it with as it was written. And I I really, I really wonder, I think just how necessary that's that that bigger picture. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I, it, I, I've had a lot of talks with people. I think it was key personally. Okay. I I think it was, and and Will, Will's even said that. Yeah, yeah. Will Will's Will said that, and I think um when he was on with Wizard Wars and Words and those guys like Jed, Rob, Mike, and Dirk, he actually had mentioned that because he he's on there like four times. I sometimes just go back and re-listen to just Will's episodes. There's just so much in there. Um, and yeah, he actually mentions that. He mentions that. Early in the story, you know, he didn't have that, and people were kind of like, whoever they, they read it, they're like, Yeah, it's good, but it's you know, it's pretty typical. And then once he had that idea and you know, changed that, all of a sudden, whoever was reading it was like, Oh man, this is totally different. Um, yeah, and that's what I found most interesting about you know, about that's why I was finding interesting about the writing process, you know, and how different people yeah. come up with stuff. That's why I do this podcast, you know, so that I can be like, oh, that's really interesting how, you know, people made these connections or changes they made. Kelly McCullough actually um, has one of my favorite series, the Fallen Blade series, and it's amazing. And he talked to me in my interview about how he had this story for a long time and it didn't work, you know, and then he went and did a bunch of stuff, did Web Mage series. And then they're like, oh, we want something like Dark Fantasy. And he went back to this original story and the change that he made, you know, he's like, I'm glad I didn't get rid of it because he wrote it out. You know, most people like they dump it or whatever. Um, I don't get rid of anything. Look, mine's always been on computer for the most part or I have journals and still have them. But, you know, and he changed a couple things and the same thing, you know, and all of a sudden has this uh, amazing character uh, with R.L. Kingslayer um, and Triss, his uh, shadow dragon, um, which is very different than um, anything I've ever seen anybody do. So I highly recommend people. It's a great um writer's workshop type of uh series and it's just really quick really fun uh but yeah like that was like the same thing so to me i always find it very interesting how how people are doing things but but again i think that you starting in a different spot compared to spider-man or you know i think that's where a lot of people you know like the current spider-man you know over other ones you know because it was just redundant after a while you know you're starting over day one it's like you can only see that so many times same with batman you know i think matt raises batman you know did the batman did a little bit better than some of the other ones but yeah i don't want to tell the story about a, a teenage kid discovering his powers like it's been done I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. To say. i mean <laughs> i based my story in many ways on invincible but i was like i didn't want to tell the you know, a lot of the invincible story is and if you've read invincible it starts with him he doesn't have powers and I think yeah, in yeah. the first issue, he's like flies for the first time, right? Uh, that's not really a big spoiler, but clearly that's what happened. You, you, you know what's coming, right? But so, about 14 years, if it's a spoiler now, I don't know what to tell yeah. people. <laughs> I remember reading, I, was, I think it was longer than that I got the first graphic novel when I was in community college. I have the first uh, actual issue, and then I bought the graphic novel later. Oh, good. Yeah, it's funny to see how far it's come and everything. Yeah, but yeah. it was really cool when I first read it. It was an interesting yeah, such interesting. A such a good comic, such a good show. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't want to tell that. I don't know why. I don't want to tell that story. And I didn't want to. I, I wanted this. And part of it is I wanted this sense of like all these. All, a, a lot of his dark moments happened during these 10 years fighting in wars for people who don't want to fight for it. He, and the whole point is he's done bad things, right? He's done bad. And he, he alludes to them and he says, you know, I've committed little genocides. And I'm like, that's not an exaggeration. And I'm like, I don't necessarily want to put that on on the page yeah, yeah because if you have a guy who's done bad things in the past and he's making up for it you can empathize with that but if you read him doing the bad things it's a lot harder yeah yeah if you can empathize with the guy the guy imagine imagine a character a character's in like prison trying to get redemption for a murder he says i murdered some people it was wrong i'm sorry you can empathize with that guy but if you've got to see the murders yeah, yeah. right on screen or on the page, I think it's harder. 
right? We can forgive the thing that we weren't there for. So I try. So that's another. Yeah. I didn't really think of that until now, but it's probably a good move not to go back and tell those stories in great detail, which I never. Yeah, yeah. That's it's never. Like yeah, I mean, I have, I have, yeah. I have a prequel short story out, but it's only a little bit before, and it's a very minor story. So. Uh, anyway. Oh, speaking of that, so I definitely want to get to this because I know we're wrapping up on time here. But so oh, yeah. I on your website and i didn't realize like you were doing this so i was curious what your foreign powers okay. um, was about and how i like that little uh quote you had a twist of the uh hybrid helix so, so i just every, want to make sure to plug that so the the, the, the helix is i call i call this the series hybrid helix helix is just a spiral and I, I call it that reason for a reason because i always feel like the story when people it's not a, it's not a progression it's not a line you're not just going forward I feel like in, in real life, when you you don't make progress that way, you take two steps forward, you go in one direction, but then you kind of oh, you backslide, you make a mistake, you go back to where you were a little bit. Over time, like so, right, you go you go one way, then you go back. Over time, you may spiral your way up. You may generally get more towards your goals, but it's never a direct path. So I felt strongly about that. so, and then I call each book a turn. So you turn the helix one more turn around, and then I was like, well, if I'm going to write a short story, it's not a full turn, just a little twist. It's a little, <laughs> a little bit around the helix, just a little, just a little twist. So it was my being a little goofy with the words. I like the words. So there are two twists of the hybrid helix out now. There's a story called Foreign Powers, which takes place. Oh God, I'm pretty sure it's between books two and three. Well, that's going to bother me. I think it's after Return of the Griffin. I wrote it a while ago, um, and it's a, it's it's just a side story. You know, he goes to a planet to um, um, he goes to Andervar um, to um. Why does he go to Andervar? Oh man, I wrote the story a while ago. Uh, <laughs> he gets involved in a, in a, in a little problem uh, um, on Andervar, um, and he resolves it. So it's a short. It's meant to introduce the character and 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 some issues. It's fine. Uh, I'm not a short story writer. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell everyone's got to read it. I wouldn't say that. It's probably the wrong thing to use as a reader magnet because it's 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 a story. It's 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 not bad. I don't think it's great. I don't know. I, I'm terrible at pitching this thing. But it's, is it through your newsletter though? Like people can get it yeah, through the newsletter. Yeah. If you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get it for free, and then you can oh, unsubscribe cool. right away. No one will have their feelings hurt. But if you do that and you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get an intro news. And I, I never send newsletters. I'm terrible. You'll get like three a year. I mean, I'm I'm just awful about sending newsletters. Um, but if you get the newsletter and the first one you get, you'll get a, a, a link. And I'll I can put this link on Twitter. I'll give the link to anyone who asks me for free, even without an email address, um, to a story called Zero Twist, which is a story of how. My main my main character is sort of met because in the beginning of the book one they've known each other for several months. This is a story from like three months prior, and it's a my martial arts tournament story. I had to write a martial arts tournament story, That's and awesome. zero twist um, is that, and it's 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 a better story I think than Foreign Powers. It's not a great story, but it's fun and it has a really good ending punchline. It's a there's a it's all based around a particular joke um, that my dad used to tell, and um, I think that's worth reading, um, but you don't need to read it. Like it doesn't give anything away that's gonna. Like my other books, I feel like if you skip a book, you're gonna miss stuff that's like important yeah. to the overall storyline. The shorts don't have anything where you really are missing, but it's like you know, it's added stuff, and it's, there's there's jokes in there, so some people might find it funny. And there's martial arts tournament stuff in there, and jujitsu stuff in there, which made me very happy because I'm a big MMA fan. I was like. I got to put a martial arts tournament in my book somewhere, but I don't want to make a whole book about it. So I made a short with a martial arts tournament. And like, you got, you got, you got, I got, I got my little, my little character who represents Dana White. 
and my character who represents like uh, the judges and the commentators from MMA. So it's all in there. Uh, so if you're a real MMA fan, I think it's the book of mine you'd most like, you know, the, the thing you'd most appreciate. I think a lot of people who read it have no idea. They don't know anything about like martial arts. So they're, they don't get like, there's a lot of little in-jokes that you sort of get, but it's fine. Oh, cool. So yeah, so those are my two frees that anyone can get very easily. Uh, so subscribe to the newsletter, you get Foreign Powers, it just sends it to you. And then in the first newsletter, you'll get a link, you'll get like an intro, with a link to Zero Twist. I also tweet that every so often, the link to Zero Twist, where you can just download it. Awesome. Because I'm like, you know, read it. So. Well, thank you so much, Joe. Sorry, I got to wrap up. Uh, My pleasure. Time. Uh, no, yeah, no, 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 we're good. Uh, again, anybody, everybody knows you can find Joe's, um, you know, links in the description and everywhere on, you know, social media. Uh, Joe, thank you so much. I hope you have a good rest of the day and I'll talk to you on social media, my friend. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Daniel, appreciate it. See you.